1: Welcome to the FDH Lounge.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini-episode number 1093. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris coming at you today for our Super Bowl 53 review with two of our favorite FDH Lounge dignitaries. You can catch these guys on their own podcast all the time, and uh, it's nice uh, when we can get them coming on here as well. Uh, Callis Thoughts, uh, Steve Callis and uh, Joe Stazak. Joe Stazak also with... uh, uh, the, uh, the great uh, show that he does on uh, The Fanatic in Philadelphia. You can even catch him on there. Uh, I mangled it, by the way, callous remarks, uh, not callous thoughts here. That's what happens when you're going on very little sleep when you do this. But, uh, fellas, great to be able to uh, have you in, my having mangled your podcast name notwithstanding. Yeah, you
2: too, Rick. Great to be with you, Stephen. as always. Great to be with both of you guys, as always.
0: It, uh, it it's great to uh, to have you both on. It's great to be able to uh, to get into this. Uh, the the occasion being what it is, you know, my my mood as I'd alluded to off air is sort of what my mood was going into the Mayweather McGregor fight, uh, where it just I, I knew going in that thing was going to be a farce, and I didn't know going into this Super Bowl was going to be a farce, but. It's highly disappointing. You know, all the guys at the party that I was at, we were all kind of in agreement that uh, it's so much for the notion that a close game is an exciting game. It didn't feel as close as it was because it seemed like the Patriots had – the better of it pretty much from start to finish. They just couldn't capitalize and basically do anything at all. There's a school of thought out there that, oh, great defensive struggle. To me, it just sounds like people trying to separate themselves and differentiate by having a different opinion. I'm not going to deny that there were some great events being played here in, in, in the game, but to me, a lot of times it was sloppiness. It was teams being bereft of their weapons. New England, without Josh Gordon, has no consistent deep threat. There's Philip Dorsett, if you want to lob it up there and pray that it's the one out of ten times he makes a big play. But New England didn't have any kind of consistent deep game going into the Super Bowl. Uh, The Rams, I'm going to start with you on this point, Steve, because you've pointed this out to me on air and off air about Cooper Cup not being in there. They're not the same offense without him. Todd Gurley, I gave them the benefit of the doubt going into the Super Bowl, but clearly he wasn't anywhere near 100%. So I look at it as far as sloppiness, teams without their best weapons. That, to me, pretty much more so even than, than great defenses on both sides. I wonder if you guys will agree or disagree. I'll start with you, Steve.
1: Well, I'll disagree for a number of reasons. Uh, when I did a show with Joe before the Super Bowl, um, I thought that the wild card in the game was, was going to be the defense not for New England, but the defense for the Rams, not because they weren't bad before. But Wade Phillips is a guy who has beaten the Patriots in the past. He coached those Denver teams, the defense that gave Tom Brady fits. Uh, and I actually thought I have a different view than you guys. I thought this was a great defensive game. Yes, the Rams missed this Cooper Cup. Yes, New England didn't have a long-distance you know, a long distance guy. But my goodness, this is the most historic offensive game in the uh year in the history of the NFL more touchdowns scored than ever before, more yards than ever before, Uh, everyone was clapping over 51 45 games, 43 40 games, and yes this was a shock, and maybe it's partly because I watched it with a Patriots fan my son, but I thought the defense in this game, I think Wade Phillips the the question is to me I think these were two great defensive um, teams, and here's why to stop the Rams Yes, without Cooper Cup, but they still averaged 33 points a game. They still put up, you know, big numbers after Cup was gone, except for the Bears game. Um, And they still beat New Orleans in New Orleans. We can talk about, you know, that play some other time when they probably shouldn't have been there. But to me, to just totally shut these guys down, this is 2019 and they held the team to 30 points under their scoring average. And if you tell me they only averaged 28 or 29 without Cooper Cup, I still think that's incredible because I'll say this. I don't think New England is incredibly talented. When you look at power rankings and the FPI index, I don't even know what that is. It's the one they have on ESPN. The Patriots were doing point favorites, and the power index said the Rams had a 52% chance to win the game. So I think you had to totally shut them down. Now, I do agree, once you got, and I said this with Joe, this is Belichick against Jared Goff, a third-year quarterback, playing in his first Super Bowl. As great as McVay is, this is his first time coaching in a Super Bowl. It means something. Experience counts. And when you go down the list of uh, Patriots defenders, they may not have a lot of All-Stars, but they have Gilmore, who's a top corner, Uh, Van Noy is an excellent linebacker, Hightower is an excellent linebacker, Strong. Flint Flowers is a big time rusher mm-hmm. so I think I differ from you guys not that this was an exciting super game to watch necessarily but I think on both sides of the ball you saw some defense schemes by Wade Phillips and by Bill Belichick Uh, That are just incredible because we're in 2019 and it's all offense all the time. The only other thing I'll say, obviously I want to hear you guys disagree with me, is this was a really let them play Super Bowl. There was not one pass interference call. I certainly think on the Cooks one that everybody's criticizing Cooks for dropping. There's no doubt Gilmore grabbed his left on. No doubt. That could have been a pass interference. But there wasn't one the whole game, and what I saw was the Patriots sometimes beating up, and, and even, I didn't say just the Patriots, both sides, beating up wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. It kind of reminded me, frankly, of the first Rams-Patriots Super Bowl when the Patriots won that game by introducing let's press and knock Marshall Falk down and leave in the backfield, let's knock over receivers one yard from the line. So I thought there was more. Again, I'm not going to tell you it was a brilliantly exciting game to watch. But I am going to say I think this was some incredible defense, uh, including they stopped the Rams eight straight times to make them punt eight times. No turnovers, no poor offensive throws or anything. I think to stop a team like that eight times in a row is an incredible accomplishment in 2019.
0: Well, and I would say Rams MVP, and I'm, I'm only saying this partially tongue-in-cheek, Johnny Hecker, because he was pretty incredible, and it was a good part of the reason that the Rams were in the game the whole way. He kept pinning back uh-huh. the Patriots. Uh, albeit they kept driving but then not doing anything with it. I want to then pivot to you, Joe, and talk about style of game here because it's a thing where in, in looking at it, uh, again, 13-3 to is not my cup of tea, nor is, quite frankly, 41-33. Now, I wouldn't expect you to criticize that, Joe. That would be like expecting me to criticize the style of play in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to criticize 41-33 because of the outcome. I get that. My comfort zone, what I generally like in a game, I like it basically right in the middle. 23-16 to off the top of my head, albeit it's funny, because because sitting there at the Super Bowl party I was at, we were like, remember the last Super Bowl in Atlanta? Like People talk about it was a great game because it ended with a lunge from the one-yard line. But it sucked. I remember it was 9 nothing at halftime. We were like, this is boring. The second half picked up a little bit. So that was 23-16, to 16 and I didn't like it. So I guess there's no pleasing me. I guess that might be the point in all of <laughs> us, I suppose. But in, in looking at it, Joe, your thoughts on what kind of a game that you prefer, all things being equal, how this factored into it, and, and again, who you end up closer to on, on the whole thing here, whether it be my point of view of, yeah, there was some great defense, but there was also a lot of sloppiness, and there was a lot of both teams not having their best weapons, or uh, defensive classic, as Steve Callis would say.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, I don't necessarily, I mean, I loved the Super Bowl last year, but forty-one thirty. uh, game, a little too much score for me, nine touchdowns, very special, five hundred and a five yards pass, more yards than any other game in NFL history to me. I was a little defense. Just just a little. <laughs> um what I, was calling, what I uh I thought defensively it was a brilliant game. I thought it was by both Brian Flores, although it's probably Bill Belichick's game. And uh, Wade Phillips, not my cup of tea uh, of a game. I wanted to see some points. You know, Rams thirty-three points per game this year. Um, Patriots um, at home thirty-three on the road twenty-two, so somewhere in between twenty-seven or twenty-eight. It was good for some points, but it was good for a good game. And that's she played all that well. Although I give credit to Wade Phillips and that defense, I thought they were fabulous. So much so that uh, just Daniels, with nine minutes left in the game, should brought the offense there. we're scrapping the game plan. Nothing's working. Here's who we're going to do. And basically threw up the plays in the third. And that's pretty well on that one drive. And, yeah, that's all they needed. Brady wasn't good down. Got Malcolm Butler, or um, <laughs> but again, those, are, those, those are two of his best weapons of Gauss weapons. It took him a little bit, right. it looked a nice game. Um, but basically, checked as he usually does when he has time, and even when he doesn't have time, found a way to take away um, you know, some of the weapons and some of the schemes that he uh, went out translation showing that they got that coach, he didn't really adjust very well, did not do anything really to help out golf in my opinion. Um, it was sloppy here and there. I mean nine penalties for the Rams and his Patriots always three, so give them credit, but uh, yeah, I know some of the calls were the defeaters. No interference calls and I thought there could have been interference calls on many places. That Brandon Cooks um play down the sideline. And of course they don't score cuts down there the very next play. Golf throws off his back he's getting blitzed and you know, um, uh, Ends up in an interception, so uh, not thrilled with the game. Um, not surprised at the outcome. You, know, you just never want to better against the Patriots. I like the Rams for the same reason that everyone likes the Patriots. You know, three games to he Just for the game, eighty-three percent of the public money was on the Pats. Now again, the Pats. Uh, the only team kind of immune to that theory is when you know, everyone walks one side you go the other way. Of the Patriots. And uh, I know the bookies got killed and everyone's the Patriots. The bookies got killed all the, um, the online betting and, uh, and what not. Uh, so that happened. But, uh, eh, well, Joe, Joe, if I could, just on
1: the whole bookie thing was fascinating because, again, going back to these power rankings, the Rams probably look like a better team on the paper even without Cooper Cup, but
0: as you know, they opened minus one and a half. Rams yes, it is yeah.
1: immediately immediately went to Patriots one, two, eventually stopped at two and a half. Now I thought, and again, I'm not an expert on the gambling side, but if they wanted to really even out the money, if they had gone if they had gone Patriots three and a half everybody and their mother would have bet on the Rams. Yeah. And that would have even did that. I guess you guys may know better than me. I assume they didn't do that because three is a magic number. And if the Patriots won by three, um, You know, they'd lose everything. Steve,
0: I I can answer that a little bit because... Oh, good. Yeah, well, uh, the analytics and and the wise guys liked the Rams. This was one where uh, the unwashed masses actually got over, which doesn't happen very often. It's one of the reasons the lights are so bright in Las Vegas because the unwashed masses are generally always wrong. You fade the public, not this time. This is a thing where it opened... At one and, and it 's a real in my estimation miscalculation on the part of the books now again i 'm sure the books would say to me, "We have this down to a science we we can 't uh-huh. spend too much time guessing how the public is going to go." But they set a line, not realizing it was going to be as big of a public stampede. It was a public stampede. By the way, when, when a team opens as a dog and becomes the favorite, always go against them. Now, I didn't go against the other uh, Patriots, uh, but, and I ended up being right, sadly. Uh, I will editorialize. But generally, that's a kiss of death also. It got up as high as three, Steve, early in the week. And the, the the wise guys bet it uh, back down very very strongly. So going up to three and a half was never an option because there was going to be too much wise guy money on the other side for that to have happened. It, it, it was only it, I think it was at a field goal. You blink your eyes and it's back down to two and a half. So that's how that went. But Joe, you raised a point that was going to be my next point anyway. So I'll start with you on this one. Officiating Now, granted, I can be very bitter about a lot of things in sports. Uh, I'll preface that. Uh, during the AFC Championship game, when Jim Nats correctly pointed out, oh, look at all the calls that are going for the Patriots, uh, he probably got an electroshock to his genitals from the league office for even saying something like that. But look, he was just saying what we're all thinking. The Super Bowl, the way that it went, that call that the Patriots got on their first drive, that bogus hit-to-the-head call that kept their that drive...
2: Was unbelievably terrible.
0: Yes. Was terrible. Yes. That one there, and then as a friend of mine pointed out later on, uh, the holding call that was called on the Rams on that oh, uh, on that drive there. You know, yes. in sitting there watching the game, my friends and I were sitting there like, can you remember the Patriots getting a holding call in any of their Super Bowls or in any big game they've been in. I'm sure it's happened at yeah. least once or twice, but you're telling me the Patriots never hold? So I've been saying this all along in sports. Sometimes it's the non-calls as much as it is the calls where it shows the thumb on the scale, and I thought, yet again, unsurprisingly from my point of view, Joe, that we saw it again in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean most of the two calls that stood out. I thought they called it the, um, what do they call it, the, the defenseless receiver. He caught the prison ball and then got hit. What's the problem? Right. You know, I thought that was a ridiculous call. A ridiculous call, considering it helped the Patriots, you know, 15 yards after they, you know, basically lost yards on that play. And the holding call, after was a, it was a big play by the Rams that got called back. You know, I thought it was you know, just horrendous. You wonder sometimes, because it was – holding on every play, but that was that was something that was not blatant at all. It had nothing to do with the play, but uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. We saw some horrific officiating in the Rams-Saints game, not only the uh, non calling the interference, but the non-call on the face mask a few minutes before. Um, you know, Steve points out, and he had a good idea in terms of replay, and can you Challenge a call. I think they should. You know, the bottom line is forget about the human element. It's about getting it right. Now, how they can do that without stretching the game into four hours? You know, he, he, he have to tell me how you can come up some ways for that. But um, it was lopsided. I don't know if it was forty officiated to those calls, but the Rams had nine penalties for sixty-five yards. The Patriots very clean. Three penalties for twenty yards, and I did think there were some. Some hand holding there on that Brandon Cooks play and some yep. other plays could have been called. It could have been called both ways. Uh, although for the most part, a lot of those pass defenses on both. Of, I thought it was great defense. I thought the secondary was great of the uh, of the Patriots. Same with the Rams. And the Rams have a propensity to give up points. I mean, they give up a lot of points in a lot of games this year, especially to a New England team that went into uh, Arrowhead and you know put up. Uh, 41-33 to 33, neither defense uh, there was one punt in the game one punt in the game right day, straight time. one putt in the game uh you know for Foles it tells you how admirable the job Foles did first time out backup quarterback puts up 41 points never nervous as I like to call them uh did anything they wanted to against the Patriots pretty much the Patriots did anything they wanted to against the Eagles the Eagles just made more plays but uh that to this year, um, uh, yeah, just a dichotomous uh, situation. But uh, hats off to the Pats, you know, three straight Super Bowls, nine trips to the Super Bowl. They've won it six times. And I don't think they're done. I, right? you know, playing playing those four or five. dollars coached at least until it's seven. New york when dropped over. Um, I, I don't think they're done. To be honest with you, I don't think they're done. They might leave strong. They have twelve draft picks. They're going to be fine. The way they do business, and uh, getting rid of, rid of players at the right time, and developing young players, and making the right moves. I I think they're not done. Believe it or not, you're going to have to put up a few years for Patriots.
0: They may not be. God help us. Well, hey, quick quick, quick follow up question here, Joe. Before I uh, pivot to Steve, since you brought it up, I was going to ask you about this anyways. Falls uh, is Jacksonville the leader in the clubhouse? You think? What's the word in in Philly? I know D Filippo is yeah, in Jacksonville.
2: Word in Philly is they'd like to Preferably trade for Jaguar Okay I'm not sure if they can get uh, What they're going to get for him But uh, I think Preferably they'd like to trade him not only out of the division, but out of the conference. Okay. So, um, to, uh, for a team that you might not see, uh, except every couple times, every couple of years, I should say, unless you get to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, he's a decent position there. It would be something I think would be good for Nick Foles. He's played a horrendous 5-11 and 11 year. You know, they can put that defense back together and get rid of Blake Portals and maybe Fernando be healthy. Um, whereas, I think... Um, the odds-on favorites, at least the preference of the Eagles, is to, by all the reports, is to send him their first choices to make a deal with the Jaguars.
0: Gotcha. That's what I was thinking was probably the case. All right, I'll pivot to you, Steve. Your thoughts on the officiating and basically how that went with the game flow. You and I have talked a good amount about really across sports, right? Sometimes umpiring, officiating, whatever, based on the sport. But the whistle's blown versus when not blown and how that affects the outcome of a game.
1: Well, I mean, there easily could have been, uh, as as we all know, there could have been two different teams in the Super Bowl, not only the missed call in the Saints game, but Deep Ford. I mean, if yeah. he doesn't talk about having nothing to do with the play, Joe, if he doesn't yeah. line up, the problem for Deep Ford was I don't think he lined up in the neutrals, I think he lined up <laughs> on the Patriots' side of the ball. It was so far side. But, but it certainly would be possible, and that just shows you how close these teams are. Um, but i got a few things to say about the officiating. First of all, on the head-to-head defenseless receiver thing, Gene Stower came right on and said the rule is you have to be able to catch the ball, come down, and make a football move. And that's why that was called. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's all part of the new protection for these guys. In the old days, there was no such thing as a defenseless receiver. You tried to lay guys out. Uh, Tatum used to try and cripple guys and did. So, I mean, that's how the game has developed. I'm not sure, you know, look, we're all for player safety, so what can you say? But that's what Gene Steratore said about that specific play. Even going back to the KC game, and I'm not here to defend the Patriots, uh, totally that guy missed Tom Brady's face. But I'll say this. Two things. The ref was behind him, and even the ref came on in and said, well, from his angle from behind, it probably looked like it, and it probably did. Is that a reason to call a penalty because it kind of looked like he hit him in the head? I don't know, but the ref is where the ref is. And on that specific play, if you watch that play to the end, Julian Edelman was calling for a flag because he got held. I'm not saying it was a penalty or it wasn't, but there were two sides to that play as well. Um, Finally, you know, Tom Brady, you can't touch him, you can't breathe on him, you can't look at him. I don't know how this happened, but I'm sure you guys saw this play. Aaron Donald picked him up and threw him on the ground. Yeah. He over. Yeah. Everybody says if Tom Brady gets touched, there's a penalty. That was a clear penalty, but that was the sign to me, along with the no-pass interference, this was an old-time, let-them-play game, I thought, on both sides where you just got away with stuff you didn't get away with. Again, when was the last time you saw any game, any game, without one pass interference? I can't remember one. So uh, I thought the whole Donald thing, I thought that was a sign. And and then don't forget, um, although it was a good hit, uh, when Goff was running out of bounds and kind of slowing down, uh, he took a tremendous hit. Now he was in bounds. So people will say and said, well, if that was Tom Brady, they definitely would have thrown the flag. And maybe that's true, but I'll say it again. Aaron Donald just threw him down to the ground and apparently was talking trash the whole game, trying to intimidate Tom Brady, which, you know, I mean, it's just it's just not going to work. Um, I think the problem with officiating today is, do I think there were always bad officials? Absolutely. Everything is under a microcosm now. You're looking at, did that ball hit the ground, or was it an inch off? The Edelman catch last year, which was a good, you know, was an incredible catch. Or was that two years ago against the Falcons? Yeah, Yeah, the one that hit three guys and was literally an inch off the ground. That was a catch. So I think a lot of these plays do go the Patriots' way. But generally, and I'll give you one that didn't, since we got Joe here. I mean, Gene Stavartor, who's the expert of, uh, official in the booth now, he's the one. Clements definitely bought that ball. He caught yeah. for a touchdown and landed in yeah. Super Bowl. And Stavartor said it was a good catch and was even explaining to someone else on the field how, how the ball could move and you could still have possession. As Boomer Esiason said, that was not the rule last year until the Super Bowl. <laughs> and guess what? And guess what? They changed it, so that is the rule this year. Yeah. So the problem with replay big picture is it was supposed to be to fix egregious errors. And it's not to fix egregious errors. It's to fix one-inch issues. Uh, Was his elbow down before the ball came out? That's a one-inch thing 20 times a year. So I think it's good that they have this and I think there are ways. I'm going to write an article about how I think they can correct some of these problems. And I didn't think it's that difficult not that the NFL will do it. And of course I'll send it to both of you guys read it. But I think there are ways to deal with the call in the uh, Saints-Rams game. I think there is. When Andy Reid says, no, oh, they probably shouldn't call that on D4, usually they give him a warning. I'm sure that's true, but not if the guys, you know, 18 inches or two feet over the line. <laughs> yeah. I, mean,
2: yeah.
1: I I hate those calls that have nothing to do with the holding call you guys were talking about. I agree. Maybe it was holding, but it had nothing to do with the play. Right. There was no... He could have let that guy go, and there's no way he was going to tackle Gurley. And by the way... The whole girly thing, 10 rushes for 35 yards, he got 13 yards on that play. Now, would 11 for 48 look better than 10 for 35? Yes, but I think Joe's right. There's still a mystery. I don't think it's a Markel Fultz thing, (laughs) but I do think, I think at the end of the day we may never know. Malcolm Butler might be a good one, but it might have been a knee thing. You know, everyone said, um, Tracy Wilson, Wilson came on and said, oh, he's on the bike, oh, he's doing a lot of stretching. Same thing two weeks ago, he was on the bike, he was doing stretching. Now, you'd have to go back and look at two years of Rams film to see if he's on the bike and stretching every game. From what I could gather, he wasn't. So that says to me, Phil Sims certainly on Inside the NFL, said, to me, he was definitely hurt because he was on the bike, he was doing something, he was stretching, he was trying to stay loose. So I know they took away that run, and I thought it was a bad call, but if he was 11 for 48, would that be any different? He's supposed to get the ball 20 times. And while C.J. Anderson was good for them until this game, I remember C.J. Anderson playing when and Phillips was the uh, D coordinator at Denver. I remember him running around left end against the Patriots for a big touchdown. Nobody could catch him. And that was a big touchdown in beating the Patriots in an AFC championship game a few years ago. The the one year they they didn't make it to the Super Bowl in the last five. But he was, you know, 30 pounds lighter. So now he's the bowling ball that worked really well. He's bouncing off guys up the middle, but I don't think he can run around the end anymore. So, I thought it was fascinating. The officiating is what the officiating is. I'd be a lot more upset if I was a Saints fan than if I wasn't anybody else's fan.
0: Well, yeah, I would agree with that. And as far as the officiating goes, uh, for the conspiracy guys like me who see the giant thumb on the scale... I'm glad that the league got what the league deserved, albeit the lowest ratings in 10 years. Maybe we will be scur- spared the scourge of Patriots in future Super Bowls, because uh, clip it, clip and save, gentlemen. Clip and save this observation if the Patriots don't make it back to the Super Bowl, because now that it finally appears to be hitting the old NFL and its beloved wallet, We'll have to see if the Patriots keep making it back to the Super Bowl. But I want to wrap up with you guys. A couple of odds and ends. Just just mention any other things that uh, jumped out to you guys that we haven't talked about so far. I will start with this. A couple of weird statistical oddities. Uh, James White basically being a ghost for the better part of this game, why he didn't factor in for the Patriots. I uh, don't know. Not, Not to say that their offense would have been any better had they featured him, but I guess we'll never know on that. You would have thought if the Patriots only scored 13 points that Aaron Donald would have a monster game. I identified him going in as the most important player for the Rams. So much for that, uh, because the Patriots only scored 13 points, but uh, it was not among Aaron Donald's finest games, not a, not a horrific game by any stretch of the imagination, but by the same token, they were able to drive him off the ball a decent amount the way that the, uh, they were able to set up the run with Sonny Michelle, who was the only other plausible MVP candidate uh, in the game. Uh, just a couple other things here, too. I know the rest of the world said that the halftime show sucked. I'll have to take their word for it. Like a lot of other discriminating folks, I was watching halftime. Halftime Heat, Uh, that uh, beautiful six-man tag match from the NXT uh, studios down there in Orlando at halftime. I understand that did some pretty decent traffic on the internet, so uh, wrestling, trumping a Super Bowl halftime show. Imagine that. Uh, But uh, yeah, it was uh, a a fine display and uh, something to take you away from the overcooked CBS broadcast for at least about a half hour or so. But uh, those are just some of my general kind of random thoughts on things we hadn't gotten to yet. I'll start with you, Steve. Well, I
1: think on the James White thing, I think what, what uh, Wade Phillips has done in the past and did in this game was whenever one of these guys, especially James White, uh, would go out in the flat, they just had their end, not rush, and just go out there with James White. And that totally shut him down. Okay. I mean, it's, you'll be seeing that next year against the Patriots, I guarantee it, because it's something Wade,
0: uh, um, Wade Phillips has done before, and, and, you know, it's a copycat league. Great point. Uh, half Great of, point. As for the halftime show, I'm absolutely the wrong guy. I will say this.
1: I remember before the uh, the famous Atlanta Patriots come back from the dead to win that game, I remember Belichick before the game talking about guys who hadn't played in the Super Bowl. And as you know, there were only four Rams and there were, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, 28 or 32 Patriots. I mean, it was 28 Patriots. But he said the problem at the Super Bowl is the halftime is so long, the timeouts are longer, between quarters or longer, that by the time you get to the fourth quarter, you feel like you've played a game, yet you have to play another quarter. And he emphasized that before the Atlanta game, which turned out to be one of those 90-something plays where Atlanta just collapsed and then had to play in overtime, and you knew the game was over when the Patriots won the toss. So, too, here, I think... And part of the reason that the Patriots did score 10 points in the fourth quarter was because they ran a lot of plays. They didn't run in the 90s, but they ran a lot of plays. And I do think that the Rams got a little tired. And whatever you think of the Patriots, and this is why when you talk about the wise guys and the unwashed masses, Rick, I don't know that that applied to the Patriots because they're never as good on paper as they are on the field, with rare exceptions, 2007, etc., etc better, the sum of the parts is better and Steve Young had a couple of fascinating quotes after the game both defensively and offensively he said, you know, Belichick he painted a Mona Lisa uh, it was a Sistine Chapel and then Belichick came up to talk to them about it and you know he was Steve Young was saying things like eh, don't just think it was because uh, they couldn't run or this is not the way it works, this is not you don't stop a team, you don't hold a team like this today's game to three points. It just doesn't happen without a master plan and the ability to get 11 guys collectively to just be much better than they are individually. On the offensive side of the ball, because now you're going to hear, you know, Brady's lost three Super Bowls. Joe Montana's the greatest. A lot of people hate Brady, hate the Patriots. He's convinced me he's the greatest. But Steve Young said, look, when I played, and as you know, that was at the same time and even after Montana played – uh, and forget Terry Bradshaw, I don't think anyone compares him to these guys because he played with the Steelers in the 70s. But uh, Steve Young said, look, when I was a quarterback, we go out there and we try and figure out are they running man or are they running zone? And that was a big deal, and you have to work off of that. These guys, Tom Brady, he identifies whether it's a man or a zone, and then he's got things to do off if it's a man, and he's got 10 things to do off if it's a zone. It's so far advanced. And again, this is Steve Young talking, you know, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP, I think six touchdowns in the Super Bowl, the all-time record. So he was totally of the belief that not only are the Patriots the greatest defensively with Bill Belichick, the greatest coach ever, but Tom Brady is so far ahead of everybody in today's game, and to me, anyway, implying by what he said about himself at any point in the history of football. So I think uh, there's a lot to say there with what he said and I happen to agree with it and again as you guys both know I've had to watch Patriots games since before they won that for Super Bowl because of those damn video games when my son was a kid at you know 7 or 8 and he love Drew Bledsoe right. and they were 5 and 11 but then the next year you know Mo Lewis the MVP of the Patriots for the last 20 years yeah. knocked Bledsoe out and he is that's the joke you know he's the MVP of the Patriots not Tom Brady not Bill Belichick but once that run started going if you have to watch Watch all these things, and I've had to again—not as a Patriots fan—but what they do is amazing. I thought this was just further proof. In the final four, they should have been ranked fourth. Um, they were, you know, they lost five games to non-playoff teams. I'm sure that's never happened in the history of these last 20 years with the Patriots. Yet somehow, at the end of the day, they beat Kansas City in Kansas City. I mean, it's just incredible what they've done. And I think, uh, you know, as long as Tom Brady can stand up, I think they're a factor. They're a factor next year no matter what happens, even if Gronk retires or whatever happens. They're a factor not because you know what's going to happen. It's just, I hate to say it, in Bill we trust. that I'm not speaking for myself, but they'll find a way to somehow do it. And I think this was the perfect year to show what they could do beyond what their talent level is.
0: It was a year where they really rose above, uh, down the stretch here. Uh, Joe, any uh, closing thoughts from you? Anything we hadn't gotten to yet that really jumped out at you?
2: No, I just saw the. Uh, I'm not sure how much credit the uh, all over the field. They sacked him four times, despite the deer in the handling group. Um, she didn't want to put her time back there to throw. When he did not he wasn't reading the defense's properly. There was also a player where we had a guy wide open in the middle of the field in the fourth quarter. The guy would still be running right now. He went down the sideline deep, and it was incomplete. Um, I just want to talk about Brady a little bit, because in the final played him would score over 30 points except one time, when they scored 24 points in that game. I think the 2 there's so many different ways. I mean, he can put up points. If it's a trap beat, like the KC game, you know, he'll best you. Uh, somewhat of a trap beat, the Atlanta game, 60 minutes later, he'll best you. And then there's a game like this where he did not play all that well. His quarterback rating, I think it's the dumbed-down quarterback rating, 25.8. Um, did not have a good game for Brady, what not to make one big drive. In fact, all six Super Bowl championships they've won, had to engineer a fourth quarter drive to win the game. And this was typical Brady. Didn't play well most of the game. He was out of bounds, in the search, behind guys. Credit to Rams. But he made one big pass. One big pass was all to get down the sideline to block It was an unbelievably gorgeous pass. And then they were waiting right in from there. And, you know, there's a reason why it's the goat, And it's so impressive. I people have great fatigue and whatnot. But I just like watching the legacy grow. Because you're never going to see another downing season for seventy 17 years. Shows you how tough it is. You look at the Eagles and terrible start they had after winning the Super Bowl in Atlanta. They lost their Super Bowl, but they start they have Seattle's never been right since they lost their last Super Bowl. Patriots lose the Super Bowl, they come back and win one. making me two out of three years. And yeah. only been a, it wasn't even a very good Patriots team this year. Steve threw it out there the five losses with a non playoff team. I'm be fine by Miami, he doesn't have better the uh, <laughs> beat quite uh badly on national television. So I uh, it was just an impressive. Now I can't remember one there were one fourth play away from not being in the title game. Um it could have been easily could have been Chiefs in the Saints, but this, that was a mistake that the Chiefs made and the Patriots didn't make. You know, they're free, they don't beat themselves. And uh you know, that's why they're champions again. I don't think they're done. I he then uh, said give anything for just one more win and he'd be okay with it. He's not gonna be okay with that. He's got three more years left. The competitor Brady the is the team they have around him coaching Uh and Jasper Daniels if you know, staying decides to stay enough starting on the um, they're gonna be fine. I think they're gonna be uh, a uh in your record list until Brady
0: retires. Be that as it may, I'll tell you this. I think we saw it in the second half of this year that for the next decade to come The road to the Super Bowl through the AFC runs through the north coast of America, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. And uh, again, that is what uh, the Patriots will have to get through from here on in the rest of the way, he said in his own unbiased kind of a way. But anyways, uh, gentlemen, great to have you both on here for our Super Bowl recap. Joe, uh, a true pleasure as always to have you on, my man. The the, the kind of uh, great mind that folks get a chance to hear on a regular basis on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia, and, uh, of course, on the Callous Remarks podcast with your guy, Steve Callis. Joe, thank you so much for being here today. Rick,
2: always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for having me
0: on. Well, thank you so much, Joe, and uh, for the man who puts the callous in Callous Remarks, my good friend, Steve Callis, uh, always a true pleasure, my man, to get you on here uh, and, and talking all things uh, NFL. You and I have broken down so many other different endeavors over a period of time as well. By the way, not least of which, uh, Billions Season 3. Billions season 4 uh, is coming up starting on uh, March 17th, uh, Steve. We will have to reconvene shortly.
1: Yeah, I'm a Billions guy. As you know, especially I love all the New York City stuff they have in there, so we can go into that further as well. But look, I love doing it with you guys. both of you know you're my two favorite guys to do any of this stuff with Anytime I get a chance. Uh, I get a lot of chances with Joe, and I get some with you, of course, Rick, but to do it with both of you, it's a real blast. I uh, I enjoy it more than any other stuff I do.
0: It's a pleasure. Thank you. Right back at you. I enjoy it as well. A pleasure to get to break this down with you guys today, Super Bowl 53, our review. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to mini-episode 1093 of the FBH Lounge. Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Paper Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse, and The Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.